Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress by the Hollies, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Sarah Hildebrandt. Sarah has had so much success representing the United States on the international level. She's a three-time world medalist and won Olympic bronze in Tokyo. Prior to her international career, Sarah had a successful career at King University where she was a four-time All-American and two-time national champion. Off the mat, she's such a bubbly and fun person to talk to. She reads a ton and also loves to write, so maybe, maybe she'll be a best-selling author in the future. Anyways, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Sarah Hildebrandt. So what's up? What you been up to? Oh my gosh, I'm trying to become a elite athlete again. So, you know, yeah. just busting off the cobwebs. Yeah. What do you mean again? <laughs> well, <laughs> I took a break after world, so mm. it's just been so chill and you know, doing whatever I want to do, kind of eating way more freely. So, this is the New Year's was like the mark of like <laughs> time. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to the last few months then since worlds? Yeah, I, gosh, you know, I felt like leading into Worlds, I was in a really rough spot. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just burnt out. It was a lot of competing. And so I felt like I had to take some time to like deliberately heal and rest. And I wanted almost like a radical rest period. I didn't want to put like a time frame on it, you know, like coaches being like, Oh, are you going to be in a practice this day? Or when are you going to try and come back? Like I wanted to be completely intuitive. So if I wanted to wake up and go for a run, I was going to go for a run. And if I wanted to go to wrestling practice that day, I was going to go to wrestling practice. And in between I was reading a lot of books and enjoying good food and, mm-hmm. and just resting. And I, I really, really needed that. And just doing internal work in general, you know, like making peace with, what the last three competitions, major competitions had looked like, you know, 21 mm-hmm. world worlds and the Olympics and really kind of like, uh, you know, taking those emotions head on and, and kind of closing that chapter and looking forward to, to the next one. So, yeah. Were you, yeah. were you invited to the world cup or like, um, yeah, that was that ever across your mind? Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely invited to the world cup. Um, and it was pretty much a hard no for me right from the beginning. I, yeah. I knew it was something that I wanted to do, especially with it being stateside. Uh, but my body was not in a place. I, I didn't want to do a weight cut. I, I knew I needed to heal and rest. And I wanted to respect that because as important and wonderful as World Cup is, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's things on the horizon that are more important to me. And I also believe to my coaches. So yeah, after a lot of long talks with them, <laughs> I had to stay home. <laughs> yeah. What did you do then? Do you, what did you do during your time off? 
gosh. So I'm like a big reader. So I know this is so boring, but I, I really just like read a ton, which was amazing. Oh, but I did try. Have you heard, heard of F45? F45? Mm, what's yeah, that? It's like a workout class thing. It's like, uh, like insane working out. It's really not mm-hmm. conducive to being like to my regular training, but I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. I just want to work out with like people who aren't training for the Olympics and (laughs) coaches who are not trying to like, you know, who just don't know anything about me. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty fun. It was really fun to like build a community like that of people who are just like not involved in the wrestling world. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important thing to have, you know, there's like a little something else. And so it was nice to have a dose of reality of, like the real world, quote unquote, <laughs> our small wrestling world. <laughs> I thought you were taking a break. That doesn't sound like you took much of a break. I know. Well, here's the deal. I wanted to work out, but I didn't want to train. And there's like a distinct okay. difference. Yeah. You know, I love working out. Like it is so fun to me. Um, so I just wanted to move my body in the way that felt good but I did not want to train and I did not want to be critiqued by people. Thing <laughs> like that. It was all very casual and like mm-hmm. um, just fun stuff. So hopefully I didn't get too out of shape, but I, <laughs> I have my two a day today. So, and I'm still standing. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you said you didn't want to be critiqued and um, you know, that made me think about your, your coach that you've had for so long, you know, it's kind of amazing. I feel like sometimes people, they, they change coaches, you know, they kind of run their course or whatever. How have you been able to like have the same coach, the same relationship for, I don't know, since what you were in high school? Yeah. Since I was a freshman in high school. I mean, <clears throat> that is solely the workings of Brad Harper and mm-hmm. just the type of human that he is, you know, his patience with me and his passion around the sport and honestly towards myself as well is just like there's I literally never come across a human like that so (laughs) you know I just give so much credit to him because I can be a really I get I feel in my opinion I can be kind of tough to work with sometimes you know and he's just so accepting of me in all states Mm -hmm. Um, and all he's seen everything and you know, I think you get past a point, like a threshold where, uh, you know, maybe there is that gray area. Do I keep going with this coach or do I move on somewhere else? And then you get past that and you're like, I can't imagine not doing this with that. And, and that is where it is with us now. And, you know, I think it's healthy. He's not around my training as often. He'll come for camps after world teams, but you know, he's in Indiana. Most of the time I'm in Colorado. So I think that's really preserved a healthy relationship as well, because he can come around, help me get ready for big competitions, step in my corner and really just be like a comfort and vital piece for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Huh? So he normally, I guess when I think of a coach, I think of somebody who's also there while you're trained. So that must also be nice a little bit or help that he's not there 24 seven. Right. And you know, and that's really, and then just to really shine light on like my amazing coaching situation, mm-hmm. you know, I have Harper who can do that for me. And then I have Izzy and Terry Steiner, um, who are here coaching me on the foreground every single day. You know what I mean? They're really mm-hmm. 
accurate. They're the ones critiquing me. They're the ones who know the ins and outs of my wrestling, whereas Harper knows the ins and outs of me, really, because he's been with me for so long. And so, you know, I put that together and I feel like these are three people who really understand Sarah as a human and Sarah as a wrestler and and the whole makeup at, to become the best wrestler and the best me. You know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. really think like that combination has just like propelled me so far forward <laughs> yeah when did how did you meet brad harper was he just your high school coach and i mean it's just crazy that he it, you don't hear very often that you have a high school coach that follows you through not only like collegiately but internationally like that's that's something new to me i guess yeah okay wait i love this story so i'm so glad you asked <laughs> uh, me and coach harper actually met so he became, he's fresh out of D1 wrestling. He just graduated from Purdue and he's, so he's young and he's, mm-hmm. you know, got a chip on his shoulder. I'm a D1 all American. Like <laughs> he's coming back. He's taken over this high school program. So he wants to meet the incoming freshman. Cause we're going to be his first freshman class to be with him for the full four years, you know? Mm-hmm. So he comes to meet the eighth graders and he asks all the eighth graders who want to go wrestle to come and like, do this meeting at lunch or whatever. And I was so pumped because I was like, I was like the best wrestler in my middle school at the time. I was undefeated. I won conference. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, here we go. Can't wait to, you know, shine. So, and sure enough, when we get there, he goes around and he's asking every single person how they finished that conference. And I'm the only girl there. And so he's going around, going around and he gets to me and he skips me. <laughs> he goes, boy, and he just goes, finishes round. My jaw was on the floor. I was like seething. And I came home. <laughs> I was like, how's the new coach? I was like, screw him. He's awful. <laughs> <laughs> so we did not get off to a good start. Um, and then to the, you know, he said, Oh, I thought she was like a scorekeeper or something. And she just thought like she ball. <laughs> like he had never heard of women's mm-hmm. dress. And really just a testament to him, like now he runs the most successful women's program in Indiana, the largest women's program in Indiana. He is really the the head of all of that and, and helped mm-hmm. create all of that. Um, so it's just so crazy to <laughs> go, go like that. But it, it took us a little bit. It took me my freshman year to really get going. And I think what broke it was in my mind, I felt like I had a lot of catching up to do. Mm-hmm. And so I would just, I mean, I was a mat rat. I would come in at five 30 in the morning. I would stay out after till eight 30 at night, you know, I would just wrestle all day. And eventually he just started joining. And, you know, I think he just wanted to be a part of somebody who was working hard like that. And he's mm-hmm. crazy hard like that too. So we <laughs> drove each other all the way up and, and the rest is history. I mean, you find somebody who'll get up at like four 30 in the morning and run stairs with you. Like that's a <laughs> is that what you would do oh my gosh we would do the craziest things like we had an indoor pool in our school so it was like hot in there Mm -hmm. we would run sprints up and down like in the pool area like (laughs) i just can't even believe some of the silly stuff we would do it's funny actually like i couldn't just wrestle harper right and so Mm -hmm. we need They'd be in there, but none of the boys on the team wanted to come in early to wrestle. Mm-hmm. So my mom would come in and really? I would rep my mom <sighs> to get extra reps in. My mm-hmm. poor mom, to this day, I will never forget the bruises I left on that woman's leg. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like the mother of the world right there because I just, oh my gosh. But so, and I, you know, Harper would come in for that. And I remember the school being uncomfortable with like me wrestling just my coach. So that's why my mom would come in. And, and so, gosh, for the first year or so, I just wrestled my mom. And then eventually I wrangled some other boys in to start coming with me. So Wow. Yeah. Props to your mom. You hear, you know, obviously you hear about the dads coming there, but wow, that's awesome. Dude, my mom needs to go for veterans wrestling world right this second. That, <laughs> and she would like totally like kick my butt. Really? Oh. <laughs> <Like> so, <laughs> Did she like, she ever wrestle really like, or touch a mat, you know, was she savvy or? Um, she was a wrestler cheerleader. Mm-hmm. So she had watched wrestling. Mm-hmm. So she was actually the first in our family who ever had any type of connection with wrestling. She, you know, in high school, she cheered for wrestling. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just funny. Maybe she picked up some stuff from like watching. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever bring in your sister, Amy? So Amy was like, um, not till later in my career. Okay. Amy who was younger, was... I think she was adamant to be her own person and for Uh her not involved in wrestling. And that's been such a great lesson for me later on in my life. And then eventually, you know, I, you know, you get the wrestling bug and, and now Amy loves wrestling. And Mm -hmm. she also was the, you know, the head of starting that women's program at my high school. She generated all of that. I mean, she Mm -hmm. would go find people to wrestle. So she's grown women's wrestling more than I have, I'm sure. And it's just, it's so that's really cool too. And then obviously later on in my career, she, she moved out to Colorado to get me ready for the Olympics. Um, just kind of like my live in training partner It ended up benefiting me a ton because that's when, when COVID hit. So mm-hmm. I could only train at home. So I bought wrestling mats through my garage and I literally trained for the Olympics. Wow. My, my sister. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That would be, yeah. And somebody who knows you and just somebody you're comfortable with just, exactly. that'd be nice. Um, you know, I thought I read that you hated wrestling at first. So, like, I'm interested to hear that story about how you kind of even got into it and liked it. I saw I was kind of taking, a, like, a page out of my sister's book. I think we were both like, this is boring. And only we only ever saw men do it. So it didn't seem like something we were allowed to participate in. So that right away puts a wall up, you yeah. know. On top of that, you go to a wrestling tournament every Saturday, Sunday, and they're not like two hour events. They're like all day events, you know, yeah, right. eight year old who's every weekend we're driving to one end of the state from the other <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're having to watch our brothers wrestle. And, you know, I briefly remember being introduced to them cutting weight and like, oh, my God, that just sounds awful. Like, who would want to do this? Um, but one year we were at a big tournament. It's like a it would happen in Tennessee. I can't think of the name of it, but it's like an elementary duels type thing. Mm -hmm. And my little brother was on the team and I decided I was going to start like keeping score of everything, Mm -hmm. which then led to me keeping stats on literally everything, every point, every takedown, every escape reversal. Like I would just for every wrestler on the team. So I had like this absurd stat book. And I remember like, then I, you know, I had to pay attention to every single match Mm -hmm. and I was Mm -hmm falling in love with it and so uh, you know a little bit down the road I was like oh I'm gonna start a women's team like so I'm like 
where I, so I try, I go to the school and like, can we start a women's intramural? And they were like, Oh, it could be like a club. Nobody came. (laughs) (laughs) It worked out that they had nobody in the 75 pound weight class. They didn't have anybody small enough. And I was probably like 60 pounds. brother had already been through the program and they saw me trying to start a women's program so they were like well could you just join our team just don't get pinned like literally your only goal is to not get pinned mm-hmm. and I'm like all right I think I could do that and so <laughs> here we are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you do any other sports I'm, I'm curious like you know was there anything else that you kind of stuck at a little bit or no no yeah I was a ballerina for a long long time <clears throat> um so I danced for a while. I played soccer uh, through high school. Um, and then I just touched other sports, you know, swimming, tennis, softball was terrible at all of them. <laughs> so stuff like, I don't think I did anything besides that, but dancing and soccer were really my first true loves. Um, and it's funny because wrestling came along so much after them. And it was the one that like, I, fell in love with the most and it's it was the one I had done the shortest amount of time so that was always interesting to me uh and probably the one I had the most pushback with as well you know like I was facing a lot more adversity in the wrestling world than I was in the soccer world but it was still that's you know something about wrestling it's like in your blood and it's like I didn't even care that people were like (laughs) you know I was like wrestle What about like your, your brothers, you know, when you started to go, Hey, I'm, I think I'm going to try this out. You know, I think I'm going to, were they like, all right, let's do this. And just kind of took you under their wing or. They were quiet. I wanted, they were not (laughs) against me, Mm but my older brother, once, you know, I wasn't in school with either of them when I first started wrestling. So I think that helped, right. There was distance between us so they can be supportive of it, but they didn't have to have their friends weren't near me to like, make fun of me or whatever you know what I mean yeah. high school my brother was a junior in high school so he was like and he was very talented um and I remember us keeping our our own circles keeping to our own circles he was very very supportive of me and he would never let anybody in front of him like pick on me or anything but it, it wasn't like you know I think he wanted me to earn my spot on the team and and this is a tough you know this is a high school room and we're gonna we're gonna be tough Sarah and so it was really like that and then now gosh all the way now to my Olympic career he's probably like the absolute most sweetest and just like (laughs) blown away and supportive and like but in high school you know we were we were we were tough and it was, it was a tough room in there. And I think he wanted to uphold that standard and made sure I could step up to it. And he did that in a, in a quiet leader sort of way. You know, he wasn't outright like this is my sister. No one touched her, but he, he was, he was always around. He was never too far. <laughs> <laughs> when, did you, when did you start? You, you kind of said, you know, <clears throat> now that you've reached your Olympic career, did you ever think you would be where you're at? Like, or when did those dreams start to kind of, you know, kind of come in to play because you probably didn't see much collegiate women's wrestling or international women's wrestling for a while. No, for sure. Um, the first I ever saw was Clarissa Chan when she won worlds. I remember getting a USA wrestling magazine in the mail and that was really the first time I'd ever seen women's wrestling like ever there was no women's wrestling that I was really running. You know, I actually would see Kayla miracle at tournaments occasionally. And so I had like, but one other person in this drop of the whole world, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, Oh gosh, 
So I saw Clarissa Chan on the cover of USA Wrestling. And I remember her with her medal. And I think she was holding flowers. I remember flowers. <laughs> but I remember being like, whoa, like that could be me. Mm-hmm. And and that was kind of, and I remember people being like, oh, you could go to the Olympics for this. Because, you know, I was kind of talented in the, the men's world. So I think people thought I would be talented in women's. Um, little did I know when I stepped up my first women's tournament and got absolutely smashed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was when it was first planted in my head. You know, I didn't really believe I could make an Olympic team, though, until really late in my career. Probably not until late 2017 was when it, I first was like, oh, my gosh, like, dude, this is possible, but you're going to have to change what you're doing. You know what I mean? You're going to have to make yeah. it a little So, uh, so what really wasn't until that late, but the seeds were planted probably in my freshman or sophomore year of high school or whenever Clarissa won world. <laughs> <laughs> did you, what did you do after high school? Yeah, I went to King university, um, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. there for four years. Um, and that was just, a huge experience. I mean, that was a really talented room. You know, it was me, Amanda Hendy, Allie Reagan, Julia Salata. There were so many talent, Haley Algello. Like, I mean, it's absurd. There were mm-hmm. so many, I'm leaving out girls and I'm so sorry, but yeah. there, that room was rough and tough. Like <laughs> every single person came into that room and they're like, I'm the best wrestler on the nation. And they were like, these were like one and two number one women in the nation. And I just remember walking in that room thinking I was like, you know, just so confident, like all the hot stuff. And like, we were in there for blood. Like every day was just like, (laughs) so it just like, it was so cool to be in a college room that was actually very focused on Olympic success. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I was lucky enough to get to go to school and, um, and not only chase, national titles but we were looking to make national teams and we were looking to make junior world teams like and we did and so that was Mm -hmm. that was super you know that was a great foundation for the rest of my senior career yeah king universe they're still they're still tough oh my gosh no (laughs) yeah so that's gosh i went back there for the first time um since i had left school and that was in like gosh when was that maybe 2015 mm-hmm. and so I went after the Olympics and it was just so crazy it's so crazy mm-hmm. to go back to that you know just be in that room again like smell <laughs> all of it I was like oh gosh did you did you end up graduating uh, I actually left school and then came back and finished well didn't go back like physically but finished online so nice. what did you get your degree in it's marketing here we marketing. go yeah no. <laughs> nobody get any ideas (laughs) cool that's you know that's awesome that you go that you went back you know and got your degree you know so i i love when i hear stories about athletes that you know they just act athletically take off you know and have to do their own thing first right no oh my gosh there's nothing that i've done (laughs) than being a student athlete like especially a student athlete like wrestler because mm-hmm. you're setting in the mix on top of school and practicing it's like ain't nobody got time for all this <laughs> <laughs> <Brutal>. <laughs> <laughs> do 
when did you when did King start recruit or like you know because I've I've talked to some other uh, female wrestlers and they're like man I didn't even know I could wrestle in college and now there's like four or maybe there's like eight of them at the time you know back in the day yeah it, so, I would think you know so like when did you start to realize that hey I could wrestle Division One <laughs> right know? yeah it was. Um... You know, I, at one point I was putting it together that I wanted to go to school and like wrestling was what I wanted to do in college. Um, and going to Fargo was really helpful in that, but I, I did a lot of self-research as well. Fargo is where coaches started reaching out to me and King wasn't necessarily on my radar. Um, but my parents were very committed to me doing multiple visits and mm -hmm. Because I was so set on one school, they really pushed me to go on multiple. And um, it was crazy because I was so set on this one school. And then I get to King and I left the and I did not want to go. I was crying. And they were like, well, if you're not going, you need to call the coach and tell them. And that was like more scary to me. Yeah, so I was yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just going to go. And so and literally we're like driving back from that visit. And I was like that's the school I'm going to. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was, it was just a great. So yeah, I think Fargo was really, you know, my junior and senior year when I was going to Fargo is when college was definitely the plan. And then that was when I was becoming more of a one sport athlete, you know, mm -hmm. dropping dancing, dropping soccer, uh, slowly. And then making that decision, like, okay, I want to wrestle in school. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah <laughs> that had to be hard to drop you know you said you did ballerina for so long and, and soccer and those were kind of your first two loves you know that's always a difficult decision you know to to drop sports and only focus on one yeah I still have dreams like I'm playing soccer yeah. or especially with the world cup that just happened like mm -hmm. I really Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, so I would have like all these dreams of me like botching corner kicks and stuff. Like, wake up. <laughs> um no, I miss those, like I really do miss soccer and that you know, I try and dance still every day just by myself, but um, <laughs> just for fun. But they're they're so fun. I, I truly enjoy those sports. So it was difficult. It was difficult, but I, again, just to speak to wrestling, like it's yeah. one of those, and it's as somebody who's played multiple sports and done multiple sports, it's so crazy. I've watched wrestling. You know, my boyfriend was a gymnast for team USA and he retired after 2020 and got into jujitsu. And I watched him fall in love with wrestling and like mm -hmm. be so obsessed with wrestling. And I'm like, this sport, man, it like grabs you more than <laughs> ever experience and to see it in other people my sister my boyfriend it's so cool mm -hmm. yeah so does he do that now does he do like jujitsu now brazilian jiu yeah so jujitsu and it's so cute because i'll be at like training and then he'll come home from practice later and he's like all ready to talk he's like and then he's like talking he's just a very beginner so he's like talking me through mm -hmm. you know the foundation pieces of wrestling he's like yeah if you like push their head down they'll pull up and then i can attack they're like i'm like <laughs> <laughs> but it's like so cool because to see somebody like so enamored with it like that is refreshing for me mm -hmm. because how I started wrestling, like being in love with it once I really got into it. And it, there's times that now in my career where I don't know if I hate anything more, like I will get so, you know, just cranky around it. So mm -hmm. it's 
really refreshing perspective. Uh, and selfishly, it's, it's I'm so glad that I have that. <laughs> it's, it's cool. So, but yeah, that's it's been really cool. You know, a story like that makes me makes it seem like in a way it can make you fall, like make you Sarah fall in love with the sport all over again, kind of, you know, cause you've been wrestling for so long that just sometimes it just, you get kind of burnt out a little bit, but then seeing like hearing a story like that, you're like, ah, this is why I like the sport. This is why I love it. This is why I do that, it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Spot on. That's exactly what it's been. So, and like deep down, I'm like, did my boyfriend pick to do this? Cause he saw how burnt out I was. He's like, I got to get her. I gotta get her. <laughs> You know, good looks by him. <laughs> I read that you also um you have a wrestling journal. Yeah. And I'm curious if you go back sometimes and read some of the, you know, passages or you know, like I said you've been doing it for so long that it's probably a nice interesting trip down memory lane. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I keep I probably at any given moment I'm keeping like anywhere from like four to eight journals. So like just designated the things in my life. So just like a Sarah journal, a wrestling journal, uh, literally every activity I'm going to do for that day journal, food journals, you know, wow. so I'm, I love to write probably a little obsessively. <laughs> uh, it might creep people out. No, but yeah, I, it's so fun to go back and read them. And really I would be better off going and doing it maybe a little more, especially when I'm feeling a little burnt out because to read about me making my first world team or gosh, just like making my first national team or winning my college national title, like reading about those things now on the other end of, you know, having made an Olympic team and winning an Olympic medal. It's just so crazy to see that and and talk about how excited it was. Like you can do this, Sarah, you can make your first world team or, or even shoot my very first wrestling match. I have documented, you know, from seventh grade, like, and it's, it's very innocent and you can tell it's somebody who loves the sport and somebody who wasn't putting so much pressure on themselves. And I want my wrestling to come from a place like that. Not from this, this grouchy, I need a good gold medal like person, you know, and, and, and just the natural, like chasing a gold medal can sometimes warp who you are, you know, because it's very demanding in a lot of different ways. And there's a lot of pressure. And I, I think that's what happened to me in 2022. It really pulled me out of that purity playfulness that I love about the sport and the creativity of it. And it just, it kind of warped me into somebody that, you know, not a legacy I would be proud to leave behind. So it would be beneficial to go back and read mm-hmm. those things and do occasionally. And it's really funny when you go back and read like, technique ones and you're like dude that's wrong like you did not correctly (laughs) yeah i also imagine you know reading reading it back and seeing you go through a tough time or read that you went through a tough period and then read that you came out of it you know like there's always a light at the end of the tunnel kind of a deal you know so when you're going through a tough time like right now if you were hypothetically you could be like okay well i've been through a tough time before kind of a deal yeah i actually wrote the night that I lost at the Olympic semifinals, which was really devastating loss for me. I actually wrote that night and then I wrote maybe a week later after I won the bronze medal. And so just reading those entries, like will always be, you know, I think I remember ending the entry with like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I 
Like I just have to keep going. And it was just, I remember writing that and not even believing I was going to make it to the bronze. You know, I was going to wake up tomorrow and actually be able to wrestle the bronze medal match. I thought I was going to be so defeated. I couldn't even, I wouldn't be able to. So you're exactly right. Like having something like that, that was such a loss for me. Um, I do, I have it written down that, that I was going to get through <laughs> and it's, it's hard to read, but <laughs> there's probably giant teardrops. <laughs> how often then how often then do you journal because it sounds like you because i guess when i think of journaling I, for some reason i think of like every day but it sounds like you kind of go periodically or whenever you know like a week yeah because keeping so many so certain journals will be spaced differently uh certain ones are every day like i do keep a running journal of like literally every task i hope to achieve that day and literally every task I did achieve that day. You know, I keep a gratitude journal. So I try and do that daily. So just different things like that. I'll keep a journal of like, I don't even know, serendipity moments, right? Like literally just want to document every moment. that's been <laughs> And so like that one is definitely far a few in between, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they all are definitely stretched out differently. Um, but I try and do it somewhat daily in some capacity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm interested. Also, you you keep a Sarah journal, a food journal. I'm curious to like go back and read some of the stuff that you ate, like you know, before you really got your nutrition down or whatever. Like, man, I was. <laughs> you just read all the stuff that you're eating. You're like, ah, oh, Sarah, what are you doing? <laughs> it is exactly like that. Oh my gosh! And seriously, if I'm deep in a weight cut, I'll be like looking back at old days, and I'll be like, oh, I can't wait to eat that again. <laughs> Yes. Yes. That's funny. Because I can, Hmm. you know, oh, okay. I was weighing this because I write my weight down every day as well. So it's like, I was weighing this. I was eating around this much food. Oh, it's okay. I can eat this. So, you know, I can really map out what foods are good for me. Oh, I was feeling good that day because I'm also probably usually documenting my mood. So Mm -hmm. I, I have so much information that can really feed to like, this, I can really cut out the fat, so to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, and, and really just have it set for, you know, if I'm getting ready for a big competition, I know, I know the foods that will affect my mood, my training and my weight. And I know how much sleep I'm getting and I know all this. So it really all feeds into, to all of that. Holy cow. Where did you learn to like journal like this? Cause this, this seems like a, this seems like a learned, like something you have to <laughs> You know? Yeah, like I said, obsessive. I definitely think it creeps me out. It's so funny when we go on trips, I'll like have this backpack and it's just full of like eight journals. I remember I was rooming with Kayla Miracle one time and she's like, you can take the desk because she, <laughs> she knew I was going to have all my journals up there. I was like, oh, <laughs> um, so I started journaling in fourth or fifth grade. Um, I just loved writing. And so, you know, I just kept a very you know, fourth grade diary. I mean, it's morning. Mm-hmm. I'll get out. Um, and I don't know, I think it just evolved from that. I, I remember wanting to have a running log of things that affect mood, training, weight, sleep, all of those things, because eventually I understood that this wasn't something that just, you know, success doesn't just happen in the wrestling room. It, it is every facet of my life. And so I, I needed a way to, to document that and, and have a way to reflect on it. Um, 
So I think it really just started growing into that and it made me feel good. It's therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. It also feels very productive for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I can check things off a list or whatever, you know, I feel prepared. So I think it, it offers me a sort of comfort. And so it really just maybe spun a little bit out of control to <laughs> <laughs> so now that I have, you know, journals and journals and journals, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I got this cheesy little leopard print journal journal <laughs> in fourth grade, and then I guess I was all about it. I don't. I, I really don't know where I picked it up from. I think diaries were in, you know. In oh yeah, yeah. So does <laughs> <laughs> like do any of your other like brothers or does your sister journal or your mom or dad or? So my sister also writes. Um, mm-hmm. We both love writing. Um, I don't know if she keeps like a journal or anything, but she does definitely, you know, and I think writing in any capacity is incredibly beneficial and therapeutic. So uh, I'm sure she pulls from her own life and her writing, which is, you know, kind of like a journal in its own way. Mm-hmm. I don't know about my brothers. Um, again, they're both very talented. We do love writing and reading in my family. So I think maybe from that, um, I definitely none of them on the level that I'm doing mm-hmm. it. But uh, probably in some way or another, you know, they're probably journaling. And so, but yeah, they probably laugh and shake their heads at me. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, like your, your weight cuts before Um, I noticed you were at 53 kilos and then you dropped to 50 kilos. I'm just like that because you were having success at 53. So I just was curious that the decision to go to drop. Cause you already, I mean, you already look fairly thin, you know, like I can't imagine that. I mean, no, it's not that bad, but yeah. And honestly, before even 53, I was at 55 and in college I was in 130. So it's been a very slow descent. Mm -hmm. Um, But initially to go to 50. So I was, I remember I weighed in at final X very small like I was 52 kilos I think and I was like drinking up to step on the scale um and I remember and that was in 2019 and the thought kind of flirt like fluttered across my mind and I was like but why like I'm the number one I'm the returning world medalist here like there's nothing that it's an Olympic weight you know there was nothing um we did a weight check at world championships in 2019 And I remember Terry being like, you know, oh, you need to go eat. Like that's, I was small. I was still walking around small. Um, And then I guess he talked to Harper about me going down to 50, but they didn't want to approach me because they didn't want me to think that they didn't think I could get it done at 53 or, Mm -hmm. you know, why would we disrupt this? Like, like you said, she's number one there. Um, I had a rough world championships in 2019 And I just felt like it crossed my mind that I was like, gosh, I just feel like I should go down to 50. I didn't even think about it. And then one day after practice, the coaches pulled me aside and they were like, well, you know, trying to be all sneaky and casual about going down. And I don't even think the words had left their mouth. And I was like, going down to 50. Like I wanted to fill in the words for them because I was like, I'm having this thought, um, and they were like, oh, okay, okay. So we we did our due diligence. You know, I, I got a bunch of DEXA scans, body fat scans, things like that. Like, can I healthily be down there? I was walking around thin. Now, of course, I don't walk around little at all. It's like, whoop, 
what? Like, <laughs> now I'm like bigger than I was then though. But, um, so they, they approached me and I had already been on that page. And so what's weird enough though, speaking of journals, I have an entry from 2016 of me talking about going down. It was then 48 kilos. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go down to 48 kilos. Like I just wrestled 53 at the Olympic trials in 2016. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go down to 48. Like, I just feel like that's my weight class. And so it's so strange, you know, that all those years later, despite success at the weight up, I, I don't know. I don't know if I've always felt the calling there. I felt more comfortable there. It, it just kind of happened there, but yeah, we did it. And here we are. Yeah. Wow. I mean, cause was it, it's a pound is roughly like a pound and a half for a kilo. One kilo is like a pound yeah. and a half or so. Well, Two pounds for one kilo. It's two pounds, you said, for one kilo, basically? Yeah, two pounds, a little over two pounds. Yeah, yeah two points. I mean, that's a lot of weight. That's six Yeah, pounds. 110 to like 116 and a half, or well, uh, from 116 and a half to 110. Um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Especially because yeah. like, I used to walk around probably around like 135, if we're talking college, end of high mm-hmm. school, 100 five pounds. Now I wrestle 110. So, you know, over the course of gosh, seven years or so, it was a really slow cut, but you know, I made a lot of changes and and I also just grew up some too, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe lost a little baby fat along the way, but you know, I began to understand nutrition. Um, I partied a lot in college and I was drinking a lot. You know, once I became more invested in my professional career, that naturally fell away. I was like, I'm done with that. And so, gosh, I lost a lot of weight just from not drinking. Afterwards, Yeah. So that's been the journey. <laughs> yeah. And did, did you ever think like you, this is where you, where you'd be, you know, have like, you ever like sat and reflected on your yeah. life and your wrestling journey and be like, wow, she, I'm, I'm here at Colorado. Like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I remember from a very young age being like, oh yeah, I'm going to go, go to the Olympics and all that. Not from a very young age, but like within wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, actually though, actually from a very young age, from a really old journal before I even played sports, I was talking about the Olympics, which is just childhood. Fans. But yeah. I guess we now, um, <laughs> I don't know. Even to this day, it's very hard. I struggle reflecting in a positive way. It's a really flaw for me. And uh, and I need to. You need to reflect positively to continue forward, I I believe. You know, you don't, it's hard to keep moving forward when you're always ripping yourself apart, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's it's been hard. It's there's moments where I think if I you catch me in a good enough mood and I'm nostalgic, I might look back. (laughs) Like, holy cow, I think it hits the most when younger girls come up to me and they're just like, just so kind and so, so amazed with me, which is just so insane to me, you know, and those moments or people wearing clothing with my brand on there, you know, with my rudest brand. And that's just very surreal. So like in those moments, you're like, holy cow, or like people's water bottles having stickers of my face on there. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so those moments, I think you really can just be like, Oh, nobody could have ever thought this would be their life. And I certainly never thought it would be mine, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Gosh, yeah, I was so I, I went to the World Cup and I also went to the Soldier Salute and I I sat and watched the women at the Soldier Salute and it was just it was really cute to watch those little girls go up and they had like the little yeah sure or something they're like I got you you're all gonna go ahead yeah know? oh or you know I haven't seen one in a singlet yet I'm waiting for that I think that'll be oh, the best, those are the best the little <laughs> tiny little legs I'm like yeah. oh my. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was so much fun watching like Jenna Burker come off and everyone's rushing down to get her autograph and all this. It's just, yeah, I'd never seen that really before, you know, and it right. was just fun. No, it's so incredible. And it just is, it's so cool how much the sport has grown, you know, and I feel so privileged that like, that I get to be a part of women's wrestling in this, in this time, you know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's big and it's growing and people care about it. And like, that's so cool that I get to be a part. Like, oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's probably you know I was thinking also you know we talked about your brothers a couple times and um, I was worrying or I was wondering you know when Drew went through his last year at Penn State you know it was a tough year and so I'm just wondering you know how that kind of affected you while you were training you know going watching him you know he obviously had aspirations that you know, he came up short on. And so to be training also at the same time had to be just, had to just be kind of tough. Yeah. You know, I really, something about the younger sibling, man, you're just like, you know, always protective of them. And he's just always like seven-year-old Drew to me. So I've always struggled to watch him wrestle. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Um. Yeah, no, it, it was hard. And it was hard because I wanted Drew to leave the sport positively. You know, like, that's such a lucky thing to get to do, like, especially in wrestling, because I feel like wrestling wrestlers are different people, like just different breeds. So I think it's a really big privilege to walk away from the sport, like happy with it still and proud of yourself and closure. Like, I'm OK shutting this door, you know, and mm-hmm. I felt like he was risking that going to Penn State, you know, I didn't know what that was going to be. I knew there was going to be a lot of pressure. I knew it was going to be totally different than at Central Michigan. And I, and I was worried, but I don't think he could have done anything better. And I think the Penn State wrestling room and Kale Sanderson and all those men there, you know, really left an amazing mark on Drew and, and just kind of the cherry on top of, of what wrestling is. Like results aside, I know he had different visions of NCAA tournament, but the friendships that he made in that room, what wrestling got to end for him and, and how it was in that room with how they wrestle and, and what it is for them. That was everything. And, and that was very communicated through Drew. Um, you know, results aside, it, we, mm-hmm. nobody learned about that at that point. And I couldn't be happier. You know, I cried tears of joy after his last match at NCAAs because I knew he had enjoyed his time there so much. I knew those people were so, such a great influence on him. And I, you know, just knowing my brother, I know he was a wonderful influence on them as well. So I I couldn't wish for anything more as a protective older sister. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad he's got that. I think he's got to leave the sport in a really healthy, positive way. And, you know, I can only hope that for myself. I was actually thinking about that. As you were saying all that, I was like, I wonder if she like can say that to herself, you know, like, because you can say that about Drew, you know, but like, you know, when, when your time eventually comes and it's like, you know, if you can reflect the same way on your own career that you do like Drew's and be happy, you know, and it's actually been a, 
it's easy in the beginning of your career and maybe people also, you know, I've been wrestling for so long now. I think some people maybe get out of the sport before they get to this point, but I've reached a point in my career where I have values and I'm determined to embody that. I will not sacrifice them. I will not make myself miserable to be successful. I don't believe you have to be miserable to be successful. You know, separating myself from results, making this a process game, understanding my evolution as a human versus a wrestler. You know, there are values that I'm standing by at the very top of my list and I will not betray them at this point. And it's easy when you're a kid to do that because one, you don't know what values are. You don't really know you. No, there's so much. So I feel so, you know, I'm in a really nice position. That's, that's the fun part about being a veteran wrestler is like, mm-hmm. I'm an adult. I understand who I am and what's important to me. And not only that, but I will stand for what's important to me now because I'm old enough that I know that that's, I have to do that. So I'm hopeful mm-hmm. that I can live that out the last year and a half year of my career and, uh, and, you know, move on to the next thing so proud of what's behind me, you know? Mm -hmm. How do you keep up? You said you're such a veteran, you know, and you are, and how do you keep up with the younger generation that's coming up and coming through, you know, they're, they're starting because women's wrestling is starting to take off. If it hasn't already, you know, they're going to come in, they're going to be better and better and better. And they just, you know, they're going to start being better at younger ages. So like, how do you kind of fend them off? Well, they're certainly full of energy. I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's great. I love, we actually have a really young group of women in the Olympic training center right now. And it's really good for me. I love stepping into more, so somewhat of a teaching coaching role with them. It's inspiring to me. It's again, that refreshing point of view, but you have to be smart. You've got to keep your distance because the way I train doesn't look like the way they need to be training right now. Mm-hmm. And it's tempting to want to train like them because it's in a weird way, almost easier to just go full speed ahead. You know what I mean? Cause there's no questions. I'm, you know, I'm not asking, there's no gray area as an older athlete, that gray area is a little more important. You know, I don't, it's not beneficial for me to just run into a wall at full speed anymore. Like, mm-hmm. um, but it's tempting when you're surrounded by a group of women who are doing that, you know? So I got to keep my distance and understand that my path is not their path. My training does not look like their training and, you know, help them where I can because they're going to help me and kind of feed that circle. But yeah, I, you know, I'm excited about the younger generation. They're, they're freaking fireball women. And <laughs> I think women, or I think USA women's wrestling is, you know, after this older group of girls who are kind of on the senior team right now leaves, I think we're leaving it. And, uh, just some really talented women's hands and they're, they're just going to boom, take off. Mm-hmm. I think there's a time where we'll look back and be like, how did USA women's wrestling never win? Like, you know, how are they always losing to Japan? Like I do think that tide's turning and I, you know, I'm hopeful it turns while I'm still involved, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if not, I, I think the group behind us certainly has the capability. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. You say that that's hard for, hard to realize that as you're, you're getting, you're getting a little older, you're getting to be a, a, a veteran, you know, like, mm-hmm. not, and, and like you said, you're surrounded by all these young fireballs as you keep calling yeah. them. Like, you want to match them and show them that you're just exactly. as, as they are. Yes. I'm like, oh, wait, I got to show off. Like I'm a, they, they're going to think they're catching me or something like that. And it's like, bro, no, you're going to like throw your back out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
but you know, it is, it's tempting. And, and it's just so interesting too. You know, I'm like, I'll be 30 in September. And some of these girls are like, just turned 18, 19, they're 20. So that's like a good enough gap that like, we communicate differently. We listen to different music. We engage in social media differently. Like, so it's so interesting to like speak to them. Cause I'm like, wow, I'm just not on that. Like, oh, we're on different planes, man. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have TikTok. So they'll like ask me to make a TikTok dance. And I'm like the worst. It's probably the most cringe thing on the plane, <laughs> you know, but it's just so fun. So they really bring me out in a, in a fun way. And, and they keep it fun because you know, they're kids still. And that's mm-hmm. great to have that around. <laughs> uh, I can relate. Cause I'm, so I'm, I'm turning 31 January 22nd and I well, gonna say September 22nd because I'm third. But anyway, that's <laughs> thank you. Um, but I'm uh I'm going so I'm back in college because when I was 18 I did a little bit too much extracurricular partying and stuff. And so <laughs> I'm now around kids like that who are 18, 19 and I totally understand that there's just this gap there that, you know. Yeah. Geez, I just yeah. can't Oh, wait, what? I'll get this with respond to me in emojis only. I'm like, wait. Yeah. No, I use words here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to ask you, you wear an armband on your left arm. How how come that is? You're I don't you don't see that in wrestling much at all, really. So I'm just curious right. where the armband came from. Yeah, so 2017, I dislocated my elbow. Ooh. And it was bad dislocation. Um to be honest, is it really necessary now here in 2023? Probably not. There's a little bit of a signature look into it. Yeah. That said, my elbow, I never got surgery. I tore every ligament in my elbow. Uh, never got surgery. We never did anything. Not, like literally nothing. We just worked on getting the swelling out. And then I came back and wrestled, which was irresponsible. But, <laughs> but uh, so about a year after that dislocation, it was still dislocating at practices and stuff. So I, they, that's how initially it was kind of becoming something I wore daily. Um, now it's just kind of something I never got full extension back and I never got full flexion back. And if my arm gets pushed past flexion, it's incredibly painful. And mm-hmm. so we kind of put the extra cushioning there just to, it's never going to be able to get past flexion because that padding is in the way, you know? So that's kind of there. I call it my pacifier because I just, it. Like I don't like rest without it. And then I you just I don't know. I feel like so many people relate me to that mm-hmm. my leave. And so I'm like, I will not let this go. I'll carry on the people. <laughs> I, I, now that you mentioned it, now that like I have to agree. It is it is kind of your thing, you know. It's my thing. It's yeah. like so like I just hitch. with that said, like it's my pacifier. I would not keep something on me if it was like a deterrent to my wrestling just for mm-hmm. sake of like branding <laughs> but <laughs> it really it really does help my elbow feel better you know you get in some funky positions in wrestling and I don't yeah. ever risk that arm getting pushed just a little past where it can is possible of going so it does serve a functional purpose mm-hmm. as well but we're here for fashion too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you wear it when you practice too Yep, wear for practice, just all of the time. You know, it is absolute the worst breaking in a new one of those things. Oh my gosh. Especially because I change sizes a lot. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm big, 
sometimes I'm tiny, sometimes. So when you're breaking in one of those, it's like your whole hand's purple for like the first week. It doesn't <laughs> even work. I'm like wrestling one handed because it's just everything is like way too tight on that side. So I've gone through some hell to continue wearing this. <laughs> just so, so everyone knows. So yeah. People want to know this is what you have to go through. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stepping out there to look pretty. I went through some stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that's your signature is is your leg lace. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, is there a secret behind it? I mean, I kind of asked you that when I, I was like, we got to talk about it. I mean, yeah. Gosh. Well, you know, I've worked it a lot. I, this is going to sound so like, woo. I had a dream that I was hitting leg laces and I like won worlds. And then the next day I was like, Ooh, we should work on some laces. And I like worked on them once. And then I went to 2018 worlds and I won my semifinals match with a leg lace that I really had not spent enough time with, but that was enough for me to be like, Oh, so I had dream and then it worked at work <laughs> i think the the universe is trying to tell me something no so it was a lot the reps then began to be put in a ridiculous amount i think if there's a flaw in the united states wrestling um not our parterre game but how often we work on parterre we love to work you know, we love to just be workhorses. And and typically when you're laying on your stomach, there's a, you know, can feel a little easier. And so we love wrestling on our feet and we love takedowns where all of this, you know what I mean? So I had to deliberately like alter from what other people are doing at practice. You know, if we came in for an individual day, people would work on their feet. I would work only at practice on leg places for hours. Then the pandemic came and we were wrestling in my garage, which is really tiny. So wrestling on your feet was a little more difficult. So I just did leg laces all day and just had my sister. We would just go through every scenario. Okay. If you were here, if you were here, if you push back and that girl is so dang strong, like, dude, if and she got really good at defending leg laces, obviously <laughs> thousands of reps. Um, but yeah, we just put in the time. So yeah, it started with a dream and then ended in a lot, a lot, a lot of repetitions. Um, and actually there was one time too, besides that, I met this coach while I was in Japan. He's actually a coach for Georgia, the country, and or he's from there. I think he might work with France. Anyway, he had showed me a lace, but it was just like a very simple thing. But for some reason, the physics of it like clicked. It was like the very first time in my life that it like very much, I understood the physics. And in that moment, there was like a shift like that this I'm not just doing a technique anymore. Like I understand I understood very deliberately, like the physics be behind this. You know what I mean? Like why this is working this way. And that allowed me to build on that because I felt like I was coming from a foundation of like, you know, not just doing reps mindlessly, but like I understood why this leg straightens and this one bends and the hip turning here. And and it was cool. And I think it fed itself to other parts of my wrestling, like beginning to understand wrestling that way. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I love it when that happens. When something just, ah, like, yeah. <laughs> why can't this happen more often? Please, can we have more moments? <laughs> um, you know, you've wrestled on a lot of big stages, you know, but is there anything quite like the Olympics wrestling on the Olympics at the Olympics? I should say. 
Right. Gosh, at this point, it's hard to say so because leading into the Olympics, I remember just feeling the same, the same, the same, and then getting to the Olympics and feeling that same, you know, stress, tension, nerves. And then every world championships and competition after the Olympics is, you know, markedly different. And I've changed and you don't go through an Olympic experience without changing. And so it's hard to say that. Like, I, I, I don't know if there's anything like that because it, it truly changed me as a wrestler and even just how I approached competitions, how I felt about them. There's almost, I don't want to say calm because I am definitely still nervous and uptight about competition, but it's different and it's freeing in a way, but yeah, I'm not the same wrestler that I was before the Olympics that I am now. And not just because I've gotten better or, you know, hopefully I've gotten better or, you know, (laughs) like that, but just like who I am. Mm -hmm. Did it help that you wrestled in Japan before? I think so. And, you know, Terry's really great. Terry Steiner, our coach, he really tries to like, get things like that going. You know, we went to Japan multiple times, competed in Japan multiple times. And uh, you can kind of see that similar now. Excuse me, our acclimation camp for 2022 Worlds was held in France. We'll be back in France next this year. Um, so really, you know, if we can touch ground, spend time in that atmosphere as much as possible, it's super beneficial. Yeah, how, acclimation camp, what, I've never heard, what's that? Ah, uh, what's that? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> for big competitions, you don't go overseas like just the week of competition because acclimating to different times, sleeping, food, you know, all of that. Just in general, like traveling takes a toll on your weight. So we'll go somewhere that's pretty close to the competition area. Um, you know, a week before, ten days before, and spend time there training, and then about six five days out from world championships, we'll head to the competition area, uh, get a little more acclimated actually there and then compete. So the bulk of our time overseas is like two to three weeks. So we're not coming straight from, you know, that's the not fun part about the United States is we're not really close to any of the places we're competing in. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like all those European countries are like a skip away from world championships. (laughs) home the whole time whereas we're like uprooting our home I bring like 17 bags I like pack my <laughs> so you know so we do we spend a lot of time on the road um we don't do that for every competition just like really big ones hmm. okay have you ever thought about like you know having I shouldn't say second home but you know like also maybe a, a place out in Europe, you know, like I was thinking like Lance Armstrong and like the cyclists, USA cyclists back in the day had a place in Europe because that's where all the competition was. Yeah. That's a good idea. Oh my gosh. I'm drawing up a business plan right now with my, (laughs) no, that's a genius idea. You know, you see a lot of girls go spend time overseas. Mm -hmm. And when I was in France in 22, I was like, I love it here. Oh my gosh. Just loved the atmosphere. And I was like, I asked Terry if he could ask the coach, if I could come out here and train for an extended period of time. And they were like, Oh my gosh. Yes. So that's very common. You see people staying overseas, you know, whether it's you're staying as like in somebody's home or there's a lot of training centers too. So we usually are staying at the training centers. Um, So something like that, but we should totally get a base. (laughs) 
home, like U.S. Embassy, just parked up somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be, we, I could leave stuff there because that is the worst part. Mm-hmm. Just traveling with like every, because you want to be prepared. And then if you're a weight cutter like me, you got to bring so many layers. It's like, oh God. You ever, forgot, you ever forgotten anything? No, again, because of the journaling, I have... Uh. A ridiculous amount of packing <laughs> so I don't think I've really forgotten anything I mean maybe something silly like I don't know like a cuddling blanket or something mm-hmm. like that nothing nothing essential thankfully yeah. let's keep it that way for the last bit of this <laughs> cuddling blanket so you have a cuddling blanket <laughs> okay my sister got me a blanket for Christmas one year and I have a cat who I'm so in love and obsessed with and it's just a giant blanket with his face on there so <laughs> like i bring it with me on tournaments so he can be with me because yeah. it sucks being away from your fur baby for like three weeks mm-hmm. and then if you, we're on the road a lot so it's like you know i would say out of a month i spend two weeks on the road and two weeks at home and then i might do that every month there was a time in my career where i was doing that every month so of the year I was spending mostly in Europe. Mm So just like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sick of being the second favorite for my cat. Like, (laughs) cause I'm always gone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that gets hard. It's it's hard on the road. So you got to keep those things close. Yeah. I mean, um, I have, um, I have two hats. My sister got one for me. My wife got the other one and we have a cat and a dog. And it's a picture I should go get, but it's a picture of my cat on my hat. And then the other one is a picture of my dog. I need one. <laughs> yeah. I- so that's my little token. When, when I go somewhere, I'll, I'll bring both those hats and, you know. Yeah, like just keep it closed and make your heart warm. Like it's a must. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was wondering also, so wrestling is really the only sport I can think of that you share a bronze medal. Yeah. You know, is that like, what's that like? You know, you've, you've won bronze a few times um, and to share it, you know, like, I don't know. What's that feeling like? I mean, do you look at it that way or do you look at it like, mm-hmm. screw it, I, I got bronze, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that. It is a little strange. It's hard mm-hmm. to explain who are not involved in international wrestling. Um, like I remember I got home from the Olympics and my neighbors who don't know anything about wrestling were like, they thought the other girl was the girl I had just beat for bronze. They're like, why is she up there? Like she lost. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, You know, it's hard because after a tournament and you win bronze and you're on such a high, like the thought of wrestling another match doesn't sound fun. <laughs> so I'm going to keep it. But it is an interesting setup. I, I really... I think wrestling as far as like set up stuff like that is in a really good spot. You know, I really enjoy it. I like the setup, the brackets. I like the repertoire. I like, mm-hmm. I like all of that. Uh, maybe because I'm a creature of habit and I've wrestled like that for gosh, a really long time now, but yeah, no, I think it's, you don't hear a lot of the athletes talk about it, which is an interesting thing to me. You, you know what I mean? Like it is a very talked about thing amongst fans. I feel like, and mm-hmm. involved in international wrestling people who, like the athletes, I, you know, we don't really ever talk about it. Uh, so that just leads me to believe that we're all like, yep, I'm cool with it. Here's my medal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
to your point, wrestling another match, like, I mean, you know, you look at it from a fan's perspective and you only wrestle a handful of matches, you know, but it's so draining. I can't imagine how draining it is to, to be wrestling, you know, in a world or Olympics or just internationally. Yeah. I mean, I'll have tournaments where I might lace my way through. So the matches are shorter than a full match. Mm. Um, I'll wrestle like one full match in the finals for something like that. You know what I mean? So I really wouldn't have spent that much time on the mat because we were getting tech falls or whatever. And the next day I'm like the most exhausted bum of all time. And I'm like, bro, you were on the mat for like (laughs) brain for like six hours a day. Like, what are you talking? So it's the emotional toll it takes on you is just unreal. And actually like, it is so crazy. Like for me, after I compete, I am so wired that I can't even sleep for like a full 24 hours, but I'm just exhausted. And then so that really wears on you too. And so then it's really like a week long thing as I get older, gosh, I'm sure it's just going to keep getting more and more, but <laughs> it's an emotional toll. So yeah, I, I think I would imagine that's what most of the athletes feel like, you know, but, but I'm not sure it would be an interesting thing. I'm going to start asking people. <laughs> um, so you read a lot. What, um, is that how you pass the time? on trips, you know, obviously international trips, like you said, we're far away, you know, us is not close to him. So like, is that how you pass the time you read? Yes. Oh my gosh. In fact, what books oh my- are you into? Gosh, really anything, you know, I, I love fantasy. Um, but I'll read anything. I read a lot of nonfiction. I read a lot of just like general fiction. Um, you know, I love personal essays. Um, so things like that. But it's definitely how I pass the time. It's sometimes bad. It'll pull me away. I'm not very social sometimes. You know, I can be a very bubbly person, but I'm actually very introverted and like to spend time by myself. And so books, man, you know, I'll just go put my nose in a book. And I think at the Olympics, like, I don't think the team saw me like ever. (laughs) It makes me sad, you know? So I need to do a better job of being, you know, a good friend. But books. Those are definitely, they will drag me away all day. I will mm-hmm. just sit all day. <laughs> what, are you, what book are you reading right now? I'm reading a few different books. I'm reading. How can yeah. you juggle a few different, like, oh, that's something I can do. Props no, to you for that. I go fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I usually read three or four at a time. Oh um, So I'm trying to finish this series. Gosh, I'm trying to think of the name of the book. I can't think of it, but it's about this like warrior girl. It's a fantasy book and she has powers. Her name's Rin. So if anybody listening knows what I'm talking about here, <laughs> they're probably like, okay. Um, so I'm reading that book at the end of the series. It's like um, really sad. So I've been pushing it off for a long time. Um, I'm reading a book called Lighter, which is kind of about letting things go and, and a meditation book. And so I really love stuff like that. Um, I'm reading a book called Words Are My Matter, which is by Ursula K. Le Guin, who is like a very famous fantasy writer who passed away in, I think, 2014 or 2018. But anyway, she's just like, so she was very, you know, she started writing a long time ago, but she's this woman writer and she's writing for fantasy. And like, that was just unheard of, you know what I mean? So I, I just love her. She is like a very powerful voice for women and just 
for writers in general. And, and this is kind of, she writes mostly fantasy, but this book is just a collection of like book reviews and essays. And I'm one of those weird people who like, I like reading about books. Like I'll read a book about a book, you know what I mean? <laughs> book reviews. I love reading book reviews. So it's all about that. So I'm reading those things and I'm, and one more book I'm reading is this like cat book. It's in the perspective of this cat. And he's like, it's hilarious. I'm loving it. I don't, I don't know the name of any of my books though. So I'm really about that. Oh, I want to, I, I want to know the name of that book, the cat book. I'll see your way. I got to okay. go look, but are you reading anything fun right now? Mm-mm, no, no, I'm not. The cat I'm, book. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get <laughs> I'm trying to get back into, I used to love reading and then I kind of just fell out. And now I know successful people I've talked to read. Yeah. You know, it's one of their things. So it's like, you know, I I've started to read this book, John Wooden wrote, you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of the book I'm on. Waves. I res- try to respect that. With that said, it's, a habit you kind of have to build. So like, I think if you just start, you know, I try to read about two hours every day, but I'm respectful that like, sometimes I have weight cutting brain. And if I read a page 10 times in a row and I'm not getting through, like we're not reading, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think respecting that it comes and goes is because when you're forced to do something like nobody wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> On yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are some of your favorite books? Because I've had, I know I've seen somebody on, you know, on Instagram now you can like ask those questions. Yes. Um, one of them is have any book recommendations. And I'm like, I don't, but I'm sure people do. So I was just like, you read a lot. What are some of your books that you recommend? Yes. Oh my God. I love this question. Okay. So I know there's not a lot of fantasy lovers out there. So I'll start with a nonfiction book. Uh, it's called Be Water, My Friend. It's by Shannon Lee. So Bruce Lee's daughter. Oh. It is hands down changed my life more than anything I've ever read. It is phenomenal. Like I could not recommend it more. It's also really cool because, you know, it's like the teachings of Bruce Lee. So it's through the eyes of somebody who participated in combat sport. And so particularly for a wrestler, it's incredibly beneficial. If you're not a wrestler, it's I, seriously, like it should be mandatory. <laughs> it does not. It's right after I said forcing to read is horrible, <laughs> but uh, it is such an amazing book. And, and she did such a great job. It's really just like, it's amazing changed my life um but now going into my world fantasy mm-hmm. world um anything by brandon sanderson who is the king of fantasy writing i particularly love his um gosh stormlight archive series so i think the first one's called the way of kings it oh my god now you're in, don't be intimidated it is a mm-hmm. tome it is definitely like 1200 pages and there's probably like i think there's four or five out right now and they're all about 1200 pages i think there's going to be eight or nine in the series listen though you will wish they were like fifty thousand pages so good it's so exciting just oh my gosh master class in writing and fantasy and everything about that and then my last recommendation which i have to put a little asterisk by is the name of the wind by patrick rafas uh, it is the most beautiful thing written ever. He, his writing is what like I hope to emulate in a way. Um, but we've been waiting on the third book for 
many, 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 many a year. And I don't, I don't think it's ever going to come out. And so I've lost hope. And that's so sad. Like one of my favorite, he has to be one of my favorite authors. I look up to him so much, but like, you know, and he doesn't owe us anything. So I'm, it is what it is, but they're really great books, but you have to <laughs> not ever get the third one, but they're so beautiful. So you should read them for that. But the story's left hanging. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you just say that your his writings, what you want to emulate? So are you going to write something? Oh gosh. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I guess I, yeah, I do a lot of writing myself, um, outside of journaling. So, um, I would love for that to be my career afterwards. Um, very difficult thing to get started and very difficult thing to, you know, be sustainable. Uh, and that's fine. Even if it's not my career, it's something I'll always pursue just for joy. But, uh, yes, I love writing. I would love for one day my writing to be as good as his. (laughs) Definitely is nowhere near that, but yeah, no writing is probably my favorite thing to do outside of reading. So are you going to write a book or a memoir? Oh, I don't know if I'll do a memoir. (laughs) I have written lots of little books, um, Mm -hmm. bits of books. Uh, I started writing stories when I was very young because I liked the sound the keyboard made. And I wanted a reason for that sound to like continue. So I was like, well, I'll just write stories. And so I just started, you know, clacking away. Um, I don't know. You know, when I'm feeling all moody, I'll like write a chapter of my memoir. And then I'm like, this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I don't I have, I have thoughts of it here and there. I, uh, who knows? Maybe one day, but I would more so love to write fantasy. Hmm. But weirdly enough, I think I'm a better nonfiction writer. I think I'm a better essayist. Um, so that sucks. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if I'd go under the pen name of Sarah Hildebrandt. So nobody's going to know. Oh, <laughs> I got to hide. I'm too scared. Great. great. <laughs> um, you know, I like to ask also about, um, about family members. So like, what's your family up to? What's Drew and Corey up to Amy and then your mom and dad, you know, kind of give us a little rundown of what, what your family's up to. Yes. Oh gosh. You just open up a can of worms. Love talking about <laughs> no. So my parents just recently moved from Indiana to Florida. So they're Florida people now living the good life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so happy for them to get to do that because they've spent, you know, countless amount of years spending winters in Indiana, going to wrestling tournaments every weekend. <laughs> so I'm so glad that they can just go be themselves in a warm, happy environment. Uh, not that Indiana was bad. It was an amazing place. Just mm-hmm. very- um, my older brother, Corey, he just became a lawyer past the bar. Oh, so- congrats. Yes. He's awesome. He also, him and his wife had twins almost two years ago now. So they're, as you can imagine, he's incredibly busy. He's a lawyer and he has twins and his wife just graduated business school and is working. And like, I'm like, I'll be lucky to talk to you guys like once in 2023. <laughs> no. So they have two twins and they're just amazing. Um, well, one set of twins, not two twins. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my younger sister, Amy, she just moved to Japan and wow. she's teaching English in Japan. And 
I'm about to send her on recon missions to study. The- <laughs> so she speaks Japanese, which is so freaking cool. And so I'm just so excited for her to get to go. She's always loved Japan and the culture surrounding it. And we were always anticipating her coming to the Olympics with me and then COVID happened and she never got to experience that. And so now she's living there, which is absolutely crazy, but I'm forcing her to come home for a Taylor Swift concert in June. Oh, so- you got tickets. <laughs> right. It was brutal. It was brutal. And then my younger brother drew, he actually, so he finished up internship in finance. He's like super smart like that, but he loves national parks and that's his true passion and love. And he's actually a park ranger in Moab, Utah right now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And he's really pursuing that. And it's just so cool to see that, like, he's just so happy, you know? So mm-hmm. I love that. I love, you know, they've all taught me so much. And I love that, that Drew is famous. Like there's a path that maybe was expected of him. And then there's a path that he knows and loves, and this is going to make him happy. And I love that, you know, at least for now he's pursuing that and getting to experience that. And that's so cool. And mm-hmm. I hope I, courage to do that one day yeah oh well what what would you want to do i guess if you're saying you have the courage to do that one day well what is that that you want to do or you would do besides wrestling i would move to portugal and write really (laughs) and live the slow easy life of portugal um yeah i would just portugal because it's warm and you know i've heard of i've read a lot of amazing things about that place and just kind of like the pace of life is um you know i i want to slow you know in a perfect world where i i could just live like that you know just very slow and drink my coffee and write and read and you know that would be a perfect world you know i'm mm-hmm. I understand that, (laughs) but you know, I would love that. I would love to pursue writing, even if it's not in Portugal. Um, I do feel a responsibility to coach women's wrestling and not a responsibility that it would be some horrible sacrifice for me, but like Mm -hmm. a responsibility to grow the sport, a responsibility, you know, the, the sport's growing at such an exponential pace that I'm worried there will be people in positions not qualified to be in them or just not right for them. It's, you know what I mean? It's just different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different from men's wrestling. It's growing so fast. We don't have the numbers to take the number like quality to take care of people. Um, and which is the case in all sports, right? You know, there's not great coaches everywhere you go. But I don't want, you know, I could keep a team from falling into that. I would love to, you know, do that. With that said, I I am more appealed to like, uh, like elite wrestling, like elite sports. You know, I would like to work with a small group of women and pursue the Olympics. That's ideal. Um, but who knows, you know, with these D1 schools popping up, I <laughs> Let's just grab these girls. We'll get ready for the Olympics then too. Like, <laughs> who knows? You know, I'm I'm not sure. But in a perfect world, I would be an author, and I'd be sipping my coffee on a beach somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your not to give it away? I suppose, but what would be your pseudo? Is it a pseudo name? Oh yeah, like a pen pseudo name. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Ooh, I don't know. I would make it something cheesy as heck. <laughs> <laughs> like some fantasy name that I just, you know, to live out my like fantasy dream, like of me as a fantasy character. Like it would be something like that. So, which now is a total tell because nobody else has names like that. So <laughs> the galactic fantasy name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. Um, yeah. You know, I I hope that's, you know, I hope you can at least do some of that because I can tell, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit, your passion for reading and writing. And so I just hope that in some capacity that becomes a part of your future. That just would be cool. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, at some point you just got to jump in, right? I guess that's Mm -hmm. what I did wrestling and it really changed my life and it's my career now. So I'm just going to have to take that leap, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, last thing I'll say is that uh, I talked to um, um, a father-daughter uh, team yesterday, um, Dave and Paige Storm are their names. Um, and they gave me, they said something to me that I thought was very impactful. And it was male, male athletes, respect their coach, female athletes, trust their coach. And so like that really hit me. And I'm like, when you're saying that you feel an obligation kind of a responsibility to coach women wrestling, it's because um, you're saying, you know, that people might be put in positions that probably aren't qualified. And that might be men who are qualified or aren't qualified. And they're trying to coach them like boys or like guys. And yeah, that's just, you know, that's going to turn them off. And then you might have a Sarah Hildebrandt who quits wrestling because the coach is. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I know, I know that is the case in sports everywhere, but with right. that is women's wrestling. And, and obviously it's the closest thing to my heart. Right? Like you're saying, that's, that's exactly it. And, and I do agree with that, what they're saying. And I think women, tend to be people who who want to have that trusting relationship and have that, you know, they they want to listen and they want to learn. And um, I, I love that. That is a super special thing about women athletes that a lot of my male coaches have told me that they notice that women, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I know there are a lot of qualified and amazing people out there and mm-hmm. I, you know, adding one more who, you know, I hope I could do an amazing job and do that. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think I can miss with a career like that. And I think that's, that would be a really important thing. And like exactly what you're saying, if they could just send one girl on the journey that I've had, like, holy cow, that was cool. Like <laughs> really hard for me sometimes. And I hope they do it way better than I did it. But if I could kind of just light that flame, uh, mm-hmm. that would be special. Have you ever had that moment, like you were saying, I guess a little earlier, where somebody comes up to you and like, does does that ever sink in that you're like, wow, like people actually like, they look up to me, you know? Yeah. Like- oh my gosh, yes. And I'm just like, it's just surreal. It is so crazy. And it, it really can carry me sometimes. Like, you know, if I'm feeling down, like today, I think I will... Hey, yesterday I woke up from a message and it was from a girl being like, oh my gosh, you inspire me so much. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like sitting here kicking myself while I'm down and this girl's inspired. I'm like, what am I doing? That's inspiring. Like, you know, you don't see those aspects in yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for someone to tell you that, like, that's so, that is so kind and it's so motivating, inspiring. Like, I, you know, I don't always respond to people. I'm, I'm really bad about that. Um, 
again, very introverted over here, but you know, I see a lot of those things and I appreciate them just seriously. I appreciate them so much. Like I could not tell you how many times they've brought me to tears, how many times they've got me out of bed to go to train that morning. Like it is, is so cool. And I'm so, so grateful for that stuff. So, and it's surreal. It never stops being insane. Like I'm never not like, Oh yeah, whatever. You know, I'm always just like, Holy cow. <laughs> like I need to go be inspiring. This girl thinks I'm inspired. I need to actually go be inspired. <laughs> oh, well, Sarah, this has been fun. I'm ex- you know, your whole career has been great and I'm excited for what's, you know, what's left of it in the future. And I'm excited to start reading some books. Let's I will send it your way. Yes. The, the one about the cat one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, are, uh, are you one of the tallest in your family? We're all like creepily the same. Okay. No, no, no. If my little brother listens to this, he will be so pissed off. He is the tallest. <laughs> But I, you know, listen, everyone, he stands on his tiptoes in all the pictures, but he's still a tallest. So then besides Drew, we're all like the same height. Maybe my sister's, she's the tiny one. She's just yeah. a little. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, this has been fun. I've, yeah. I haven't really stopped smiling since this, you know, you're, you, you did say it, like you are a bubbly person and, you know, it is hard to believe that you're introverted, but I can. I, I get it. You know, you, we all like our time to ourselves and get lost in a good book or whatever it might be. So right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I always say, you know, I, when I'm around people, I will, you know, I love talking to people. I'm definitely not shy, <laughs> but I feel my most fueled when I'm by myself, like mm-hmm. particularly reading a book, planning things like that stuff fuels me and energizes me. A lot more than just going and being extroverted. But as I've learned, the balance is crucial. (laughs) Yes. First, yeah, totally. Like I used to be the one that would want to go out all the time or whatever. And now I'm kind of, since I've gotten older, you know, kind of wound it back. All right. I need, I need a break from you people. Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) some firm boundaries now. (laughs) This is mature thing to do. (laughs) All right. Well, Sarah, yeah, I appreciate taking some time. I know you're busy and yeah, this has been fun. I, I appreciate it. Uh, what's your tattoo of? You have a lightning bolt. I oh, yeah. About that real quick. Yeah. Well, this is a big sweater, but there's yeah. a lot of tattoos. I don't even know how many. <laughs> what, what is, what's the, what's the lightning bolt for? Oh, you know, I like Harry Potter. I like lightning bolts. <laughs> I don't know. This going to be Okay. To our younger listeners, you know, close your ears. No, I uh, I have this rule with tattoos that I'm not allowed to plan them out. That I have to just, if I'm going to get a tattoo, I have to go in the tattoo studio and be like, whatever, like, bam, this is what I want. Like, I don't do any planning for them. Wow. Because I, and so it has resulted in some poor tattoos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Resulted <laughs> in some really cool ones, some funny ones. Um, but I like them. I like that they tell a story of who I was in that exact second. I think that's cool. It's a bit permanent way to tell a story, I suppose. But at the same time, you know, I like tattoos. I think they're cool. And so I don't have, you know, even my dumbest tattoo. I'm like, oh, well, it's cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's my rule. I don't plan my tattoos out. I have a UFO. I have smiley face. I have a big old fox. So. Wow. 
yeah, they're all just little pieces of me and some are really dumb, but that's okay. <laughs> they're just really great for my friends to make fun of me for. <laughs> uh-huh. I love, you know, I love that perspective, you know, just going in there. Cause most of the time, that's the way I live my life too. Like just, I don't plan anything. I just kind of, you know, okay, let's do it. Let's do this, whatever. Like, and so like you said, each one tells like a little story of how you were in that exact moment. That's right. cool. That's cool of itself right there. Right. So like that, the story might be cooler than the tattoo. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you like too, it's like something like that. You spend so much time planning. It's like people start weighing in, you start double guessing yourself. Like there's so much. And then before you know it, it's turned into something that you're like, is this what I wanted yeah. to begin? Yeah. But boy, like, boom, let's go. I don't even. Oh, you know, I remember one time we went to the tattoo shop and I went with some friends and like other people were getting their tattoos that they had thought out. And the dude who was supposed to be mine is like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, I still don't know. He's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no clue, dude. And then I finally was just like, okay, let's do a UFO that says stay weird. And he was like, let's do it. <laughs> That's how I got that one. <laughs> and it says stay weird. Yeah, it says stay weird. And oh gosh, I just remember my parents seeing that when I was like sitting on the stairs with it's on my ankle or something. And they were like, What is that? I'm like, definitely not. I'm no worries. She's like, is that a UFO? <laughs> no way. Oh. So what was your first yeah. tattoo? Okay, my first tattoo is a word, it's believe. It's on the side of my foot. I got it when I was like 16 because mm-hmm. I made it bet with my parents that if I won nationals, they had to take me to get a tattoo. And they, these cats, these crazy cats, they did not think I was going to win nationals. They're like, sure. Well, my dad said, sure. My mom wasn't there. And then I won nationals and my dad made my mom take me to get the tattoo. (laughs) And she wasn't even a part of the deal. It was so funny. So yeah, I won that one fair and square. So I remember I thought it was a cool cat because I had a good <laughs> high school. <laughs> oh, yes. I love a good tattoo story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got my last name, you know, to, down my side and I got yeah. uh, I got the wrestling herky on my shoulder. Oh, nice. Gosh, yeah. down the side. That sounds Brutal placement. That sounds painful. Well, the foot. The foot I heard is also very painful. I feel like I, so my foot was the first thing I got tattooed and I feel like I went into it like, I gotta be tough. I'm just this little 16 year old Connie girl. Like, and so I was so prepared. Actually, my smiley face on my inside of my bicep. Yeah. No. Probably took 30 seconds and I was like, stop. No more. <laughs> this is so painful. So that was the most painful for me. Really, like inside your bicep, like yeah, just like yeah. Oh man, yeah, that would hurt. Yeah, no, that one wasn't good. So foot was all right. Really, and bony bony feet. So like, if you go unprepared, I think you'll be okay.
Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Sarah Hildebrandt, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. I also have a new website you can visit at Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Dot my dot canva dot site. A reminder, don't add in the www at the beginning of that website. It will not pop it up. So again, that website address is let's talk wrestling podcast dot my dot canva dot site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care and we will see you next time. Keep on, keep on.